Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Hope you're all awesome and well, wherever you are. Good to see a few of you up and at it. Probably uh, this daylight savings thing, isn't it? The uh, southern states are already well into the day, aren't they? Nine o'clock, eight o'clock here in uh, QLD. Anyway, we're probably off the pace by the sounds of it. <laughs> but anyway, good morning. Welcome. Good to see you. We've got a few, uh, few of you already uh, in the house there. We've got uh, Aaron. Morning, mate. Good to see you. Kevin's there too, all the way from Florida. Luke. Hey, hey. Chris is there. Facebook user behind the veil. Good to see you. Jeff's in the house as well. Morning, Jeff. And uh, James. All right. Good to see everyone this morning. Hopefully uh, you're all well for a Friday. Uh, I'll do the quick intros. Um, do the quick intros. Say hello. Jason Witten, my name. Most of you know that already. So uh, we won't labor too long on that. But welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. If you're brand new, let us know that you are. Say hello in the chat. Introduce yourself. Good to see you. Welcome along. If you're returning, as many of you are, welcome back. Fantastic to have you here for something we do, you know, most weekdays. And uh, we try to uh, make a little bit of sense of the property investing world, folks, the property investing world. Uh, been doing this for 20 odd years and along the way, learnt one or two things. One thing I do know one thing you probably already know is that finance is absolutely vital, essential. Finance is uh, essential when it comes to property investing. We, many of us, have a uh, what, what would we call it? What we call what would we call it a a love hate relationship with finance and lending? Uh, we love it when we get it, and we hate it when we don't. And uh, it's not as easy as it should be. Um, but there's a few things today I thought we might go through um, and talk about because it's important to understand as property investors, how do we get the maximum lending, maximum lending for us as property investors? Because really at the end of the day, folks, the asset that you want to get the most out of is you, you. And this is this is 100% accurate for the world of borrowing. What is it about you? Tell me in the chat, folks. What is it about you that needs to be uh, that needs to be looked after? What's the thing that you produce that helps you build a property portfolio, folks? Put that in the chat for me, because it's the one thing we need to maximise and maintain, look after as investors, and anyway, as you as you grow in life, you know this this one thing that you uh go and do create is vital put it in the chat for me what is it so we can talk about it um it's the it's the thing it's the it's the uh it's the catalyst for all borrowing all quiet on the western front this morning anyone got a a, a thought or an idea well let's dive into it let's jump into it uh and put you out of your misery Boom, finance, yep, yep, finance. What helps us get finance, Luke, when it comes to the world of borrowing? Your income, all right? Your income. Your income, the income that you declare on your tax return and or the income from, yep, the work, work and income. Yep, that's it, Chris, that's it, Jeff. The work and income you create, folks. Morning, Tim. 
the, the, the work and income you create is the accelerator. It's the fuel that fires us along when it comes to our world of borrowing, okay? And today I thought I'd talk about a few uh, tips and we're going to do three do's, three don'ts and three tips when it comes to finance and the world of maximizing your ability to uh, build your property portfolio. Because for most of us, you know, uh, if you have a look at uh, a general uh, general conversation, I've had literally thousands and thousands of times, and my team and I have probably had, you know, 10,000 plus times, is how many properties do you want to invest in and own for income and wealth in the future? And usually the number is, you know, uh, goes a little like this. I want one principal place of residence, one home. Now, there's all sorts of good reasons for having a home, tax-free, you know, uh, you're going to rent. So if you can put it into that property, then blah, 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 it creates equity. It usually uh, fuels the deposits for you and your portfolio. And then what next? Well, uh, investment properties. And it's usually between, the number is usually between five and seven investment properties, folks. Five and seven investment properties for you and I as investors uh, works. You know, uh, you know, for most of us, uh, what's that going to take? It's going to take some capital, but more importantly, it's going to take some income, some serviceability when it comes to this stuff. So that's kind of the idea. That's the, you know, it's pretty easy to write on a bit of paper, but how easy is it to facilitate? In reality, in the real world, well, it takes some time. It can be done. I've done it thousands of times with investors. Uh, here's some tips for today. So one of the do's, uh, the number one do uh, in the world of property investing, folks, is to do with loan-to-value ratios. Okay, loan-to-value ratios. Now, common conversation, you know, 80% loan-to-value ratio, and what's the common uh, general person maybe only ever going to buy one property? You know, there's a common conversation about, you know, oh, you should borrow at 80% because. Chuck it in the chat for me. Why Why do we hear often, um, and there's a thing, there's a, there's a cost of, uh, above 80%, which a lot of people, you know, misunderstand, misunderstand what's the, um, what's the, the cost? Uh, when it comes to, yeah, to avoid lender's mortgage insurance. All right, so LMI. Now, it's a one-time expense, lender's mortgage insurance. So let's just put it this way in very simple terms, like really simple terms, folks, when it comes to the world of property investing. Now, let's say um, let's I've got $100,000 in cash or equity or whatever it is. Now, um, um, yeah, and, and, and again, um, it might be accurate, let's say. It might be it might be well worth it if you're only going to buy one property, folks, um, and it's maybe your owner-occupier. Uh, you don't need to maximise your lending. It's just one, you know, and it makes sense to own more of the property than um, to buy a second one, all right? So, and this is where it's it all depends. It's not a hard and fast rule for every single person, but if your goal is to... Um, do this if, if your goal is to do this in the shortest time uh, possible in the shortest time possible then these are some tips of how to get there faster 
loan to value ratio higher. Okay, there's kind of a sweet spot at the moment. Um, and that is 88%. There's, that's kind of a sweet spot when it doesn't cost too much lenders mortgage insurance. However, um, you get some leverage. But I'm just going to round this up just for today's conversation. The difference between 80 and 90% and when it comes to uh, lenders mortgage insurance. Now, um, you can capitalise the lenders mortgage insurance, right? So you can put it on top of the loan. You don't have to pay it out of your cash. Um, so if I had $100,000, and I borrowed at eighty percent, then um, my loan would be four hundred, and uh, you know I'd have a hundred thousand dollars in. Now, if I was able to borrow at ninety percent rather than eighty percent, then technically my loan would be four fifty, okay. And if I was able to, I, I still got fifty thousand dollars left. I could buy a second property and have two properties, right? Two properties, two instead of one okay that is the conversation that's the mathematical calculation that you've got to do with your uh with your uh broker and your team and go my question is if i increase my loan to value ratio um do i get a benefit from that and and will it help me get to my goal faster okay that's that's the question and often the answer is yes it will uh, often the cost of it doesn't come out of your capital anyway. It can be capitalized uh, and it allows you, if you're borrowing ability, if you, if you can borrow for the second one uh, and it's the and it's just a matter of um, capitalizing some lender's mortgage insurance, then that might be the way to go. All right. So that that's a really important one to understand, okay, because um, a lot of people avoid it because it's a cost. And you can't look at it as a as an absolute. It's not a cost. It's an opportunity to get a second property. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, sometimes you've got to pay to play, folks. That's the way it works. Okay. Now, uh, if you came to mentoring the other night, uh, you know, lending for property investors is now coming back. There's a couple of lenders who are offering 95% for property investors. Again, now. Uh, again, do the mathematics, et cetera, et cetera, right? Okay. So um, what's the next one? What's a do, all right? So, and again, this is not, you know, financial advice, but I can tell you these things help people get their goal, okay? So the next do is using interest-only uh, loans and payments, okay? Now, what happens with interest only? Normally, it's just like, oh, pay principal and interest. Um, you know, it's cheaper. It's um, and often it's not cheaper. You know, it's easier to get the all of these things. So I hear it all the time. And and uh, reality is that uh, if you do the math, you get in there and understand what it's going to take. Interest only uh, often n- number one. Interest only uh, will keep. Uh, some more cash in your pocket, okay? More cash in your pocket. Uh, more importantly, interest-only payments on loans does not mean you can't make extra payments or where is the best place? Chuck it in the chat, folks. You guys know this. If you want to pay the amount, the principal amount, then commit. 
the commitment to the loan is the interest. So that's the contractual commitment, interest only. But if you've got the capacity to make extra payments, morning, Alison, uh, to make extra payments, where do you want to put them? Boom, in the offset, right? So you don't pay back the bank the money, folks, because you're in acquisition phase, okay? And again, this is kind of some tips and do's and don'ts. Interest only. If you want to make an extra payment, you put it in the offset account. And and more specifically, which is awesome, um, already reading my mind here, you put it in your principal place of residence offset account, folks, okay? Um, your principal place of residence offset accounts. And this is one of the don'ts in a, in a second, okay? Um, interest only. Uh, often it's five years interest only, then 25 years principal interest. If you need to, then extend it another five. Uh, and then you can, after that, the rents have gone up. You can let it pay itself off if you want or arrange your finance in whatever way you want. All right. So interest only when it comes to when it comes to that stuff. Okay. Uh, and the last one is kind of like a, um, uh, uh, it, it's a, a, an absolute rule in the beginning and then later it changes. Okay. So um, your, your lending, um, your lending needs to be at different banks, okay? High LVRs, interest only, and different banks or, or different lenders. Yeah, different lenders. Different lenders. Different lenders. Let's let's not say banks because that's misleading because um, uh, lenders. Because, you know, some places you can borrow money aren't banks, okay? Um, different lenders. Uh, and so over, you know, your five to seven properties you might have five or six uh lenders five or six uh institutions you borrow money from um okay so they're the three do's for me stick with those understand them understand when to apply them and you'll get some great uh outcomes as you go along three don'ts three don'ts folks do not and let's do let's do not have every loan with uh offset <laughs> right why don't you have every loan with an offset well you don't need it every loan with an offset which is the loan and it's already already um it was already there before right um one uh, one of you guys put it in the chat you know the offset account should be in your principal place of residence folks all right because uh, an offset account will it, it costs you a little bit more and if you don't use it that cost uh is not worth it um so all of your extra cash and money should be in the offset account on your prince place of residence why because that offsets uh a loan interest that's not tax deductible every other cent that you have is tax deductible your ppr boom there you go yep um away you go so uh, don't have every loan with an offset account, folks. You don't need it. One loan with an offset account is perfectly fine. Uh, and uh, away you go, okay? Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not cross securitize, all right? Um, uh, or cross collateralize. Now, I won't go into the details of that, um, but then with it, where there's a do up here, which is different lenders, then cross securitize. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. And I won't tell the story today, but you know, cross securitized, cross collateralized. 
you're already with a lender, let's say Commonwealth Bank, and they go, yeah, no problem, Jason, I can get you a loan really quick and easy. And that's true. They get you a loan quick and easy because you've already got a loan with them. All of your cash is in their bank account. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's simple. It's easy. It's straightforward, right? Compared to, you know, and like, like Alex said, um, you know, often, especially with the, with the wrong, uh, with the wrong brokers, um, you know, um, it's easier for the broker too. And the, you know, fair enough the broker's got to work their butt off to get you a loan, or it can be really easy to put you with, um, 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 put you with, you know, somewhere simple and Alison's dead, right. Dead, right. Um, in the beginning folks, and, and this, this goes back to the first one as well, when it comes to loan to value ratio, everybody, everybody has, has kind of a, like a, my rule for this, but anyway, um, everyone should at least once borrow at 95% because if you don't in the beginning, you will never at the end, you will ne- you'll, you won't get a, a 95% loan once you've got six or seven properties, it's just not going to happen, folks. Right, right. So do it at the start, and then as it gets harder, you 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 select different lending options. Right. So don't cross collateralize, don't cross securitize, uh, and yes, it is a little bit harder, Alex, for sure. Uh, but don't um, don't give up on that, folks. All right. Um, uh, don't give up on 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 that idea when it comes to these things. Okay. And um, this is kind of like a don't, uh, but this is kind of like a remember, um, you know, don't let the loan term expire, right? So let's say you got a loan 10 years ago and your loan term is kind of now all right, 20 or 15 years ago. Um, don't, don't let it get too low in the acquisition phase, all right? Always top up that, that loan term, okay? You know, don't. Um, forget to, if you re, um, uh, lock in equity or reset your loans, you know, get your equity going um, and increase your, your loan term. Don't forget to do that, all right, as you go along. So there's three do's. There's three do's and three don'ts. Remember, LVRs, high, uh, do the math, uh, interest only um, versus P&I, do the math. Um, you're better off keeping the cash in your pocket, put it in the offset account, use different lenders, and it kind of dovetails back here anyway. You don't need every loan with an offset account. That's going to cost you more money than it should. Don't cross collateralize, cross securitize, folks. Um, and remember that the loan term, don't let it run down to zero, the loan term. You always want to have your loans available and at the longest term possible, folks, um, uh, because Certainly, when you get a bit older, let's say in the you know the back end of your working career in your late fifties and sixties, I always say to people in their sort of fifties, reset your loan terms, all of your loan terms, reset them all for another thirty years, right? Because that's the that's the agreement that you've got, and then you've got loan term out, and you don't have to worry about loan terms finishing and reaccessing equity and then when your loan's paid off and you don't have a job anymore you can't get your equity then you've got to sell your property and all sorts of rubbish um i've seen happen uh don't let that happen all right that's that's the drill that's the idea that's the thought anyway there you go folks wealth coffee chat done and dusted uh thanks for joining me today as always um um yeah luke 
Yeah, I mean, set it out. You know, 30 years from now, if you're 55 now, you know, 30 years away, that's um, that's a pretty good loan term that you reset. Reset it now while you're kind of at the peak of your income and stuff like that because you know you want that loan uh, contract to be in play and you're in charge of it as much as you can be, all right? So um, do that sort of stuff. All right, folks, that's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Good to see you today. Thanks for joining. Uh, see you next week around about 10 past eight as we do, as we as we attempt to do. Um, I'll leave that on. Um, anyway, there you go. Both Coffee Chat done and dusted. Have a great weekend, folks. And uh, yeah, cheers for now. Bye-bye.